Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
I'm trying to think if there's something else. Maybe I'm getting him confused with someone else. But okay, okay, all right. So that gave you your first opportunity. Now, what was the the first thing you did? Um, you talking about in the movie? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. What was the movie and what was your your role? Oh, okay. The movie is called Sons to the Grave. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away because it's not out yet. Oh, okay, um, okay. But my scene was in front of a church. His mom was giving a speech. I'm not going to say what about, but his mom was giving a speech, and I and a bunch of other females that I was surrounded around were reacting to her speech. So we got a lot of camera time because um, the camera was placed right in front of the podium where she was speaking at. And it was extremely cold. It was about this time last year. Yeah, pretty much at the peak of Atlanta's uh, cold weather. And we couldn't have on jackets in the scene. Oh, um, so we were all freezing to death. <laughs> yeah, so we were all freezing to death as a team. Oh, man. Okay, that had to be rough right there. All right, all right. I totally get that. All right, that's cool. So um, what other um, um, films have you done? I know you've um, done some work with some other people. Um, I think you were part of a movie. Let 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 everyone know what else you've done. Okay. Um, right after that, my uh, CEO, who's also sitting with me right now, informed me that they were shooting uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks and Barbershop Three at the same time in Atlanta. And like you said, I kind of fell into the first opportunity, so I didn't know how the second opportunity was going to go. I knew that I wasn't going to fall into an opportunity with Alvin and the Chipmunks and Barbershop Three because those are Two lucrative, um, two lucrative brands that have been going uh-huh. on for a long time, and so I submitted to be in both. I heard back from Alvin and the Chipmunks about a week later, and I was in that movie. So that's already out. So if you look on the airplane scene, when all of the animals got loose, we're we're sitting toward the back in the middle. Um, I kind of saw myself, but I'm gonna have to uh, zoom it in and slow it down for everybody to see it. Um, and in Barbershop 3, they have a scene that that's not out yet. They have a scene where the, I can't, so I can't, I'm not going to tell you what they were talking about, but they were right. inside the barbershop talking. This is Eve, um, Nikki, Common, Cube, Cedric, DL, uh, JB, um, et cetera, et cetera. And they're all inside the barbershop talking, and we're walking in front of the barbershop as they're talking. We can hear the whole conversation, too. Like, we are literally probably about five or six steps away from them. So that's okay. uh, number, number two and number three. Um, after that, I don't know what I did in order, but I know I shot with the originals. Um, I shot with a Spartan. That's going to be on NBC. Um, I shot with Love and Hip Hop from VH1. I oh, shot nice. with, um, I just did a TV pilot, an um, indie TV pilot. That's not out yet, so I can't give too many details on it. Um, and I just did a Lee Daniels TV pilot. And I was supposed to be doing Myers Christmas, too, but I was doing Spartan, so I didn't, I wasn't able to make it for that. Um, I got accepted to be in the Allegiance movie. It's either Allegiance or Alliance, one of the two, but I wasn't able to make it to that one. Um and it's, it's it's a few more, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, it sounds like quite a bit, man. I'm not sure where you find the time for all that. Um, <laughs> so as far as like uh well like barbershop, um, I mean with you being also into music, 
Did you get a chance to interact with anyone? Some of the uh, maybe some of the hip hop artists who may be acting in that movie, or get to rub elbows of anybody in that in that time that you were shooting that? Well, before I answer that, I want to also add that I was in a new movie called Turn. I just remembered that, um, and I, that's why I got my first speaking role. Um, okay. And when I was on set, I did get to speak with uh, JB Smooth, and I got to speak with um, Dion Cole. Everybody else was kind of to themselves and more yeah. along the lines of, I'm going to walk straight here, walk straight back, and I would make sure I have security with me and stuff like that. So they were more there to just do their job. JB was more there yeah. to interact with everybody. You know, he's a comedian, and so was Dion Cole. To interact I mean, with yeah, he looks like he's a funny, he would be a funny dude to hang out with, too, man. That dude cracks me up. Yeah, extremely. And very underrated. He's one of my favorite comedians. And yeah, yeah, I've seen him on a couple of sitcoms, and he's pretty funny. Plus, I've seen his stand up before, back in the day. And uh, okay, all right. So um, you've also done something with Emmanuel Hudson. Yeah, this is my second time working with Emmanuel. Um, dang, I forgot about that too. Uh, he did a skit on Marshawn Lynch around the, the Super Bowl. So about this time last year. Um, so that that's that was probably my second thing then. Um, and. That was when Marshawn was doing that thing with the interviews where he wouldn't answer any questions, and uh-huh. uh, Emmanuel literally just like him. So he did a, a, a skit about it, and I'm in that if you look toward the back, toward the right side. Um, and now he's doing a movie with DC Youngfly called Digital Lives Matter, and they just shot a club scene where they had some of the most beautiful women in the world. <laughs> I got so many numbers that I got so many numbers that my phone died like an hour before we left. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he did a club scene. Well, he shot like five scenes that day at the location, but we were involved in the club scene. And it was it was pretty cool. It was a really good experience. I got to take some pictures with DC. I had already taken mm-hmm. pictures with Emmanuel the first time. Um, right. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was amazing. And some of the people that I've seen on set, on with the DC thing, we're also there with me at barbershop as well. Okay, okay. And uh, yeah, Emmanuel was, was born in in my home state of Mississippi, actually. So no, I didn't um, even know then, that. Yeah, then moved to Georgia in 1998. And uh, all right, so I have a couple callers on the line. I'll get to you in just a moment. And, uh, yeah, Emmanuel, I mean, of course, he's a YouTube star. He's on Wilding Out with Nick Cannon. And so he's kind of one of those guys that's been all over the place, too. So that's pretty cool being able to work with him. And so now let's get to your music. Um, Now, as far as your music is concerned, I want to talk about one video I watched first. I watched your video for um, called I Can't Breathe. And the video showed the death of Eric Garner, you know, the guy that was taken down um, on a New York sidewalk by a chokehold from um, a New York police officer. And um, you also had the dramatization of the Trayvon Martin shooting in that video. Now, I grew up um, during the days of Public Enemy, KRS-One, NWA, and people like that. And they talked about the black struggle and their music videos used to get airplay back then. Do you think conscious music will ever go mainstream on hip-hop radio again? I mean, because your song, you know, that was a very conscious song. Do you think that that type of music will ever be mainstream on the radio again? Um, I do. I just, I really believe that it's all a matter of people wanting to do their job. 
And um, I think that it's a matter of the people who we find popular um, at whatever moment we find them to be popular to release that kind of music. Um, For example, when J. Cole released his last album, he purposely didn't make a radio song, but he knew because he had the popularity at the moment that whatever song he whatever songs he gave them, they had no choice but to choose to play one of those on the radio. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think it's pretty much the same thing. Um, once people stop cheating the formula of the club beat and um, the dumbed-down lyrics, then we'll get back to doing what we're supposed to do. Okay, all right. So fast forward to your song, That's Expected, another video I checked out. Now, it's a complete 180 from I Can't Breathe, and the different style of of song shows your versatility. So, I mean, if you had to categorize your musical style, then how would you do it? Versatile, undeniable. That's it. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me go to the phones, to the 517 area code, the Wolverine State of Michigan. Caller, what's your name? Hello, caller, are you there? All right, looks like the call dropped. All right, got another caller in the volunteer state of Tennessee. Hit one on your dial pad when you're ready to chime in and ask a question. And all right, so who are some of your musical influences? You know, who are some of the the people that you kind of believe gave you that desire to really get into music and do your own thing? Well, I've been a big fan of Lil Wayne for a long time. And after he dropped No Ceilings 1, um, that was around the same time that my stepdad and my cousin created the record label that um, that we have today. And uh, his lyrical content to me was, so amazing and uh, above the bar that it made me challenge myself. That was before I even started rapping, so that's when I actually started or at that time, just to see if I can do what he did on the same beats that he did it to. Um, and as far as production goes, like Kanye, Ryan Leslie, um, Timberland, uh, Dr. Dre, challenging myself to be as great as they are. Okay. Well, I mean, of course, those are some big-time names there. Now, being out there in um, Georgia, I'm pretty sure, you know, I know how the scene is popping in Atlanta and things of that nature. Do you ever come across some of these big names, and do you hope to someday work with them, or do you kind of like just you're okay with doing your own thing and kind of rising to the top that way? Um, I see these people almost every single day. Um i seen my first year here, um, we ran into the Hawks at Lenox Mall, the whole team, um, on a regular day, on a regular mall visit. And, okay. and when my sister went to go buy her Dre Beats, my mom ran into Gucci Man in the parking lot. So it's, 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 it's pretty easy to see them down here, and you see them almost every single day to the point where it's not really a wow factor anymore. Like when I worked with Emmanuel, I was so used to it the second time that I didn't even want a picture. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty easy to see them on a regular basis down here. And what was the second part of that question again? Or do I hope to work with um any of the big names that yeah. I mentioned? I think I think it's gonna be one of those things where our paths are crossed when it's the right time. Um 
um, I'm going to be doing what I'm doing in the world that I do it in for a long time. From now, from the beginning of my career I have, and I'm going to be doing that until the end of it. And, you know, whenever they decide to, um, that they want to embark inside of this world, then they can do that. Okay. All right. All right. Let me go back to the phones again and try to call it from the 517 area code up there in Michigan. And caller, are you there? Yeah, thank you. How are you? Hey, what's going on? This is Crystal. And Crystal, do you have a question for Vigilante? Yeah, Vigilante. Um, how are you, by the way? I'm good. How you doing, Crystal? I'm doing very well. I wanted to ask you about um the hip hop game has changed quite a bit over the years. It's gone from uh the East Coast, West Coast kind of a thing into branching out more. Now, do you feel as an independent artist um, that the world of YouTube and is more, it's better and social media is better now to branch out, you know, kind of nationwide so there's no real East Coast, the West Coast, or even even Southern style anymore. It's just nationwide. Do you think that's better for, for you right now and artists coming up now? Actually, yes, I do. Um, everything has a good and a bad side. So with things like Twitter and social media and stuff like that, we create, like, fake celebrities and people who get popping for the wrong reasons. But when we utilize it for what it's supposed to be utilized for, then it's definitely a great tool. A lot of the people sure. that we love today, such as Emmanuel Hudson, if there wasn't for Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, we would probably have never heard of them or have heard of them way down along the line doing it the harder, old-fashioned way. Um, I treat my YouTube channel like television. That's like my TV show. And when people tune in, I want them to get everything that I'm advertising and all my music as well. So when you utilize it for the right thing, I think that is definitely um, positive. And when you don't, then it becomes a negative. And to answer the second part of your question, um, which was, again, repeat that for me. Um, do you think it's better now for um, independent artists to just, you know, get their word, get their music and everything out there now? Yeah, it's pretty much no rules anymore. There's no formula. Um, I have my own formula, and any other independent artist can have their own formula as well. There's really nobody that's blueprinting everything for us, telling us we have to do a song that sounds like this, because there really is no sound anymore. You know, I remember at one point in time, John Legend, all of me, and future karate chop was on the same radio rotation in the same uh in the same quarters. So there really is no sound anymore. Yeah, I think that's good because, you know, you get you know, a lot of even, you know, like some of the the bigger quote unquote uh artists that are out there are still doing mixtapes and I think that's really cool that you can still be underground and you can listen to your favorite artists and they're doing their own thing. So I think it's a good thing. Likewise, the uh, the thin line between mainstream and underground is going to be broken soon. Um, it's pretty much just going to be all fair game. Either you do music or you don't. There's really not going to be a category anymore. I give it probably like two years. Exactly. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks for calling, Crystal. And so, all right, so let's talk about that for a moment. I mean, she mentioned mixtapes. You mentioned the underground scene and how it could somehow blend with mainstream someday. So you think music is going to a place where um, 
basically you can find everything in one spot to where the underground people are going to finally get the opportunity to come to the surface and be more of a household name than some of these commercialized people who get marketed by big companies? I was just about to say that. Um, if Because I, I still don't consider myself an underground artist. I just consider myself an artist. But when I become mainstream, I'm not going to consider myself a mainstream artist. I'm just going to be an artist. So it's it's really all about marketing. Um, you can have the best song in the world, but if nobody knows that it's out, then you are categorized as underground. When you receive a bunch of views, then you're categorized as mainstream, but you may not even made any money from those views because you don't even know the business perspective on how to get paid for those. So I think that um, as far as the mainstream and the underground coming together, I don't think they're ever going to fuse. I just think that it's going to um, – people are going to get so tired of differentiating the two because it's such a thin line that they're just going to say either you do music or you don't. And – I think that um I don't think that the underground has a sound and I don't think that the mainstream has a sound. Um because Kendrick Lamar he raps like he's underground but he's mainstream. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? So it's like a really thin line and then once you get tired of differentiating those two then it exi- then it uh then it disappears and it doesn't exist anymore. Um and it's really all about marketing. That's that's the only thing that separates an underground artist from a mainstream artist is just marketing. Not a sound, yeah. not talent, not anything else, just marketing. So I, I think agree. that um, that would be, be my message to all underground artists. That's the only thing that separates you from a person that has a million views. If you have 10 views and he has 10 million, just marketing. His song is not better than yours. It might be, but nine times out of 10 is not. And just marketing. That's all it is. Get your music out there. I agree with you there because there are a lot of people who aren't being heard who sound a lot better than the people I hear on a regular basis. So I definitely agree with you there. But, um, all right, so a couple more questions and we'll get you out of here, man. But let me ask you this as far as the fusion of music. Let's talk about R&B and hip-hop. R&B and hip-hop are almost becoming one and the same. Well, some would say it is already one and the same. Is that good for urban music? Or do you think there needs to be a separation? Because, like, of course, you know, I'm 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 a little older. I'm I'm a seventies baby. So when I was growing up, R and B and hip hop were definitely separate. I mean, you used to go to um a music store, you had the R and B category, you had the rap category. But now you can find them all in the same section. Do you think that's good for music or is it okay to be separate? That's a really good question. Um I've seen uh Tyrese do a Breakfast Club interview and he was talking about that, him and Chris Brown. And Tyrese was on the side of we don't need these rappers to be featuring on our songs in order to get radio play. And Chris Brown was on the side on the side of it's a new era, so this is how we have to do it in order to market ourselves. So where I stand on that is you're allowed to be creative, but don't um don't sell the quality of the song or uh make it lose its R and B appeal by featuring someone who's gonna mess it up or by allowing somebody to mess it up just so you can market it better. Um, There are, Trevor Jackson being one of them, there are a lot of uh, pure R&B singers. Um, I'm going to name a few. uh, Bluff City, um, Jacquees, Devon Terrell, um, Connor uh, Mayern, um, just just a bunch of what, what, what we would call underground artists. And these people have a million views apiece. 
um, that I'm that I just named. Um, so right. there is there's there's still pure R&B out there. It just has to be showcased to it has to be showcased by people who still want pure R&B to be showcased. Um, I think that it's a good and a bad thing, but I think that it's mostly a good thing because it's is is separating the division because it can it can also it it can also go into a thing where it's R and B versus hip hop rather than R and B and hip hop. So I want it to always be a unity, but if it needs to be pure R if it's a pure R and B song that doesn't need a rap feature, then we can we can we can have that and we can still be safe with it. Okay. Okay. And yeah, and you have some artists who have like blended the two over time like you know, um, I remember back in the 90s with Lauren Hill. A lot of people didn't know how to class- classify Lauren Hill because she could sing and she could rap, you know. So you had those type of people who were like dual threats. Um, but then I agree with you. It's like I'll hear a pretty nice R&B song, you know, and then they'll have some rapper who I'm not familiar with or maybe someone I am familiar with who just comes in the middle of it and it just seems to throw the whole song off. You know, so I I kind of get what you're saying about being selective on who you put on what songs, because um, some people just throw the whole vibe of the song off. And um, all right, man. So um, I appreciate you taking the time and everything. Where can people find you? How can they get more vigilant vigilante? Where can they get you on YouTube or your social media and stuff? Okay, let's start with the website. That's uh, vigilantevision.net. Um, the Vivo is Vigilante Vivo. For those who don't know how to spell Vigilante, that's V I G I L A N T E. That's how I spell it. That's how I spell it in the dictionary as well. No rap slang spelling to it, just right. straight Vigilante. Um, and on Instagram and Twitter, that's Vigilante L O M, as in Lights Out Music. Um,. And if you need to send me anything through email, that's vigilantelom at gmail.com. And that's pretty much every way to get a hold of me. I check everything every single day. Um, so I don't really miss anything. Okay. All right. You said vigilantevision.net? Right. That's the website? All right. right. And you said on on Vivo, they can find you under your... Monica Vigilante and on Twitter and Instagram, Vigilante L O M is where you can find mm-hmm. them there. And all right, so man, we look forward to um Sons to the Grave. Um and whenever that comes out and, and Barbershop Three and some of the other things you have uh percolating out there and that should come to fruition at some point when they get finished with post production and get all that stuff together. And um, as far as your music, um, you have any upcoming shows or performances or anything? Um, are, are you do you do clubs or how do you normally um, handle live performances? Well, I just turned twenty one uh, December, um, so down here, pretty much every single club, there really is no eighteen and up anymore. Everything is pretty much twenty one and up. So yeah. I just really right, so you're just um, getting started. Yeah, pretty much, as far as the club goes. So I just yeah. released, um, that's how we do it, strategically around um, the time of my birthday so that I can holler at the DJs at the same time that I'm going on my radio tour. So as far as that goes, I don't have any upcoming shows right now purposely, 
because I want to focus on my radio tour and getting people familiar with the song so that when I do perform it, they can sing the words. So I'm still right. hollering at all all of the DJs at the popular clubs down here in Atlanta and getting ready to get it thrown in rotation. Once it gets thrown in rotation in about three clubs, you pretty much then solidified it for the rest of the, uh, Atlanta. Okay, okay. That's what's up. All right, so speaking of that's how we do it, um, well, first of all, let me give you a little round of applause for coming on to the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, we're getting ready to play the cut, That's How We Do It. And I'll let you set it up for us, man. I mean, um, let us know maybe, like, what inspired you to do the song, what's the song conveying, and let you introduce it, man. So you can go ahead and do your thing. Okay. Um, well, this is produced by myself. So I made the beat before I um, wrote any of the lyrics. And to me, my the hardest songs for me to write are the ones that I make the production to because I never planned to record to anything that I create uh, beat-wise. So when I did create it, I was like, this is kind of dope. I don't want to pass it to anybody else that could potentially bring the value of it down. So let me try to make a club band uh-huh. out of this. And, you know, we was talking about um, how some of the mainstream music doesn't sound as good as the underground music. I believe that it could sound as good as they if they put effort into the lyrics and actually cared about what they were saying. So I just wanted to show how you could do that. And, you know, at the end of my first verse, I say, um, this is when you mix bars with a dope beat purposely. So that's pretty much how it came about. I made the beat first, and then I wrote the hook, and then I wrote the first verse, and then I was struggling on the second verse because I wanted it to be lyrical, but I wanted it to be club as well. So right. that's how it came out. So this is Vigilante, That's How We Do It, produced by myself, hosted by DJ Stacks and the Mixed Game. All right. The Mixed King, Mixed King. DJ Stacks from Stacks Me Productions on the ones and twos. I got money in my pocket, ain't nobody gon' take a middle finger to the people who told me that I won't make it when you kill and never stop. Everybody gon' hate it, I'm not my ride for me, all the bad girls make it. I got money in my pocket, ain't nobody gon' take a middle finger to the people who told me that I won't make it when you kill and never stop. Everybody gon' hate it, I'm not my ride for me, all the bad girls make it. Oh, oh, oh. That's how we do it, that's how we do it. That's how we do it, how we do it. That's how we do it, how we do it. I'ma go in. That's how we do it, how we do it. Vigilante ladies, I know you asking about me. A lot of cams in a spot, but they don't flash without me. Five eleven skinnies, and I tag them proudly. You gon' have to dance to get this cash about me. Pockets full, money greener than the gold light. Couple chains turn me to a walking strobe light. Keep on wishing. I see you in the distance, all these haters put my finger in a vertical position. Stick to the budget that you can't afford. 100k on some threads, that's when I'm bored. Throw some money up and make it poor on the poor. The type of swagger that you can't ignore, but then the ride with that dude's dudes, this ain't what they used to. Don't compare me to artists that can't produce too. Never going back to the old me. This is when you mix bars with a dope beat. I got money in my pocket, ain't nobody gon' take a middle finger to the people who told me that I won't make it when you're chillin' at the top. Everybody gon' hate it, I'm a number one for me, all the bad girls make it. Oh, that's how we do it, that's how we do it. 
That's how we do it. How we do it. That's how we do it. How we do it. I got women and they nudity Swimming in the pool with me Toting heavy toolery I'm not with that foolery Trying to be humble but the best is who I prove to be I'm just writing raps and writing other rappers eulogies I told her make it So she made it I'll never be tried Mess with me I'ma make it <laughs> Yeah I'm about mine See I'm about mine Play with mines, I guarantee you get an outline You ready to stand still See me I grand heel I can add up all your work and make a landfill I'm immaculate, you're less than adequate I'm trying to turn a K into an M just like a magic trick Mind of a genius, I feel so alone Whipping in the form with the top blown My pockets look like I just got a loan Now the girlies won't leave me alone Cause I, I got, got money yeah. in my pocket, ain't nobody gon' take a middle finger to the people who told me that I won't make it when you're chillin' at the top. Everybody gon' hate it, all my numbers lie for me, all the bad girls make it. Oh, oh, oh. That's how we do it, how we do it, how we do it. That's how we do it, how we do it. That's how we do it, how we do it. That's how we do it. I got money in my pocket, ain't nobody gon' take a middle finger to the people who told me that I won't make it when you're chillin' at the top. Everybody gon' hate it, all my numbers lie for me, all the bad girls make it hard. That's how we do it. I got money in my pocket, ain't nobody gon' take a middle finger to the people who told me that I won't make it when you're chillin' at the top. Everybody gon' hate it, all my numbers lie for me, all the bad girls make it hard. That's how we do it. How we do it. That's how we do it. How we do it. That's how we do it. How we do it. That's how we do it. How we do it. That's how we do it. How we do it. Tell you right now, man. Everybody's gonna be singing that hook across that ladder, man. That's a catchy hook for real. That's exactly what my uh, CEO told me, and my ex girlfriend told me as soon as um, as soon as I did it, I, I felt it when I created it. Um, I was in the studio and I was doing a test run on the hook because I don't really fool with auto tune like that too much on my voice. And um, as soon as I as soon as I played it back with no effects on it, because I mix and master all of my stuff too. That's what I went to school for. And I played it back in my ear, and I was just like, this is the one. This is it. I feel like all my songs are hits, but I feel like that this is my Atlanta hit right here. And I was oh, never yeah. looking for it. I was never looking for it, but it just came right to me. That's it. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, that that hook is going to – everybody's going to be singing that. I like that. I like that. So, all right. So, I appreciate you taking the time, man, again. Um you all can get more from him again at vigilantevision.net. Check him out on Vivo under the artist name Vigilante and on Twitter and IG at Vigilante L O M. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope you come back in the future. We'll do it again. 
Sounds good. You know I'll be back. All right, then. I appreciate it. All right, no everyone. And that's going to do it for this special edition of the Talk to Q Radio show. If you happen to miss the live airing of the show, if you're joining late, it's cool. You can get the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the Good Radio Network, or go to TalkToQ.com. Basically, anywhere there's a podcast aggregator, you can find the Talk to Q radio show. And you can listen to this show, get caught up on others. Um, The live show airs also tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. So check it out. Like I say, go to TalkToQ.com. You can sign up for the newsletter and get updates on when the show is going to air. There's a calendar of upcoming events, all that good stuff. Everyone have a great night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Call it, go ahead. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying too. I think myself doing a lot of shows with this. Radio World.